Hi, and welcome to episode 196 of the Untethered Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Molly Hayes joining us. Molly's a functional airway focused dentist practicing in Omaha, Nebraska. She thought about leaving the profession of dentistry for many years before finding her passion was with helping kids breathe, sleep, and live better by treating the root of their sleep disorder breathing. She's a mom of four children who were her original inspiration for pivoting her career in dentistry. Quick disclaimer, all information, content, and material of this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and is for the informational purpose only and not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Welcome to the Untethered Podcast. I am your host, Hallie Balkin. I'm a certified orofacial myologist, feeding specialist, and mentor. This podcast is all about getting your questions answered and collaborating with colleagues to bring you the most up-to-date information in the orofacial myofunctional therapy, tethered oral tissue, and airway space. I challenge you to keep an open mind and join my mission to get this information out to the masses. Let's get started. Hey, SLPs and OTs, real quick. Join me at feedthepeats.com backslash training for a free five-day training the week of January 23rd, 2023. You're going to participate in a live training on how to use a screening checklist and milestone chart. You'll watch me screen my two-year-old, and then together we will screen my four-year-old, make sense of the screening results, make next step recommendations and referrals, and ultimately you'll learn the fastest way to launch yourself into treating pediatric feeding cases after the screening is completed. Go to feedthepeds.com backslash training. Cannot wait to see you there. Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Hallie. Thank you for having me. I am excited to chat today, but I really want, if you're willing to share your story um, with us, I would love for you to tell us a bit about how, you know, I know you're a functional and airway focused dentist um, currently, but you once upon a time thought about leaving the profession of dentistry altogether. Would you be willing to share with us? Yes. Yes. Everybody kind of has their conversion story. And so Um, This is kind of where mine starts. Um, I wanted to leave dentistry before I even graduated from dental school. I had it in my mind that I was just going to get through this, suck it up and go find what I really loved. Um, Dentistry for me was like, um, it was like dating a guy who looked great on paper and there was just no chemistry ever. I just couldn't fall in love with it. Um, And even as I got going into my career, it was just drill and fill and tell people to floss and brush and don't drink all that soda. And it just bored me to tears. So, you know, I I just kind of kept one eye out for other opportunities um, as I continued to work. Um, And then I really thought about airway dentistry for the first time after my second baby, my son um, ended up in the hospital um, and he needed an NG tube to feed for about seven months of his life. He just continued to fail swallow tests and and um, nobody could figure out what was going on with him. And so I, I wanted to fix him. And so I started doing my own research. Um, and then, you know, just I had another baby and life happens. And I just kept doing traditional dentistry. And for me, the line in the sand was just 2020. Um, I just felt like I couldn't trust the health system anymore. And I was part of that, you know. So I, I just had to make this decision. Am I, am I going to help people be truly healthy? Um, or am I just going to kind of keep being um, a part of this system, a part of the problem that puts a bandaid on top of things? And so um, that's when I just decided I, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to take this opportunity in Nebraska, working with Dr. Trino Nuno, who was already practicing biological dentistry. And when I told him 
I want to learn about the airway and I can bring it to your practice. He was all on board. So it was just, it was meant to be, um, I still do traditional dentistry from time to time. Um, but my focus is all about the airway now. Love that. I love that. I actually found out that a childhood friend of mine, like a really good friend growing up was working in a practice as a biological dentist. And I was like, I mean, my, I was like mind blown. I was like, wait, what, what, what? And it was <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes away from me. I've since moved because pandemic things changed mm-hmm, yes. um, and she's still in the Maryland area, but I was like so spoiled and so lucky to like yes. fall into that after never having that, you know, growing up and, you know, having that with, um, my now old, my oldest Lily at the time she was four, we put her into like an ALF appliance because they mm-hmm. offered that and they, I went into a DNA Vivos appliance and they were really doing a number of different things in their practice. In addition to just, you know, biological dentistry using healthier ingredients, trying to anyways. So we changed a lot of things. That you get spoiled. Like, You're right. Oh yeah, it was so yeah. hard to find down here when I moved into sure. Florida, like that wasn't yeah. like an hour and a half away or something. And, um, so I can't believe how many patients are willing to drive that far. But I think, I mean, doesn't that just show you how, um, I mean, people are under starting to understand how important this is that, and you know, you and I see, see everything through this lens, right? I don't know. Are we biased, but maybe <laughs> this is it. <laughs> maybe this yeah. is the key to, to health. Um, so you know, if you, if you're close to an airway dentist or a functional or biological dentist, you should just take that opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I say all health starts in the mouth. So and obviously, you know, you can speak, I, I can speak to it from like a mouth breathing side and chewing and swallowing and oral rest posture and all that. But, um, you know, t- talk to us about like what you see as a dentist too. Cause I know you said you're still doing some traditional dentistry. Um, I know that there's issues with the teeth, with decay, with, you know, I'm sure there's a whole other host of issues that I don't have to rattle off the top of my brain, but as far as mouth breathing goes, all of that, do you see a lot of this in your practice? I see it every day. Um, and you know, uh, the question I've been asked is, do you think it's getting more prevalent? Is it getting worse or are my eyes just open to it? And I think the answer is both. Um, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. And when I first started, it was very rare to see, um, decay in baby teeth. It would happen to me like maybe once a month. And it would be kind of a big deal to see a child with a cavity and a baby tooth. Um, and as the years have progressed, I started to see it more and more. And then again, going back to 2020, it was like, I, someone threw, threw the match in, um, Mm. it was rampant. And so then, you know, and my patients are, they, they're healthy. Um, they are more natural minded, holistic. They care about where their food is coming from. Um, so they're eating healthy. We're brushing our teeth. Well, what's left it's mouth breathing. And it was when I took the healthy start course last year that I realized this is it. Mouth breathing is fueling this decay epidemic. Um, and I see a lot of kids in our practice. We're not a pediatric office, but we see a lot of kids and the overwhelming majority will come in with at least one or two cavities and very narrow palates, um, swollen tonsils. Um, you know, they're on maybe too soft of a diet where we're busy on the go parents and we're, for maybe just grabbing snacks out of a box or a package or those like, you know, um, baby food tubes, applesauce tubes, couches. Oh, I hate them. Um, and, and it's amazing. I see all these different kids from all these different backgrounds, different families, different ages, and it all kind of looks the same. Yeah. 
Isn't that interesting? I mean, it is. Everyone just will write that off to like genetics then, right? Like people just, oh, it must be genetics. (laughs) That, yes. Let's talk about that. Um, You know, genetics are important, but they're not nearly as important as your environment. Um, genetics can, can set you up for success or failure, but it's, it's all about that environment. What are you eating? How are you breathing? How are you sleeping? You know, those are way more important than genetics. Are there certain things that you tell your families to like, look out for, like if they're concerned, you know, like we are getting more and more calls actually just into my speech practice where like, they're saying, okay. And I should say speech, myo feeding all the Mm -hmm. things. Um, but they call and they'll say, okay, our feeding is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have any speech or language concerns, but my baby's mouth is open. Like, do I need to be worried? Like, is, is there something that you advise parents on, whether regardless of the age, whether it's an infant, a child or an adult, um, as far as things to look out for with like mouth breathing or sleep issues? Yes. Yeah, so many red flags. And so I use a questionnaire and it's, it's lengthy. Um, we've got 32 questions to answer and it's, you know, 90% of kids have at least one of these red flags. And so you, you have to put the pieces of the puzzle together. So it's not just one of these things or all of these things. You have to take the questionnaire, look at the child, do an exam, but big red flags. I hope parents know that snoring is never normal. Um, great reason to bring your kid into a myologist or an ENT or a functional dentist if you can. Um, Never normal. Mouth breathing during the day or at night, never normal. Um, Kids who have really restless sleep, so they'll wake up and their bed sheets are all tangled and their head is at the foot of the bed. Um, Bed wedding, you know, it's hard to say what age is not normal, but if you have an eight-year-old who's wetting the bed, that's a big red flag. and even like daytime symptoms, like these kids are just so tired and sleep wrecked. They're moody and um, they have trouble focusing. ADHD is linked to sleep disordered breathing. Um, and then, you know, this can go on if it doesn't get stopped into, you know, more chronic illnesses like diabetes, um, sleep apnea. So, um, yeah, lots of things that we look out for, but you just kind of have to put the, the red flags together with, you know, what what does the child look like? Do they have swollen tonsils? Um, is there a tongue tie present that was never diagnosed? Narrow palate. Um, if you have a child with baby teeth and those baby teeth are touching, that's not normal. We need to see spacing between the baby teeth that, um, that tells us that the jaws are the appropriate size. So, um, Lots of signs and symptoms to look out for. I think the big ones with sleep are snoring, mouth breathing, bedwetting, and then, um, yeah, the, the daytime symptoms of hyperactivity and then attention. You know, these aren't just kids who are choosing to misbehave. Like, maybe they're just not sleeping well. Yeah. I always like to say like, you know, kids are not inherently bad and they don't get, you know, absolutely. I don't like develop and become a little devious and like want to do something like challenge yes. your parents. Yes. That's part of like becoming an yes. autonomous, you know, individual and being, but like infants are not bad. They're not difficult. They're not stubborn. There's like, all they're these- not manipulating you. Right. There's all <laughs> these terms that get applied. And I just sit here and I'm like, if we actually take a moment to stop and think about what we're saying, act, it does not make sense. I mean, I know that like, mm-hmm. it's just for our brain defaults. But I think mm-hmm. when we open up um, this conversation to parents, because we get a lot of parents who describe their children this way and no own, like they don't have other information, we'll say, look, like your child is not trying to be X, Y, or Z, or even appear this way to you. This is actually telling us something bigger is going on. Why don't we dive mm-hmm. into this, figure out like what we can do together to 
rip off the band-aids that everyone else is trying to slap on and get to the root of the problem, which I know you're big on as well. Um, yes. In your practice, you know, do you, I know you had mentioned you took the um, Healthy Start training. Um, do you use anything else? Do you primarily use Healthy Start? Like, what does that look like? What age can they start? Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> yes, I I only use Healthy Start, and you know there's and before I decided to go through with Healthy Start, I researched a lot of different appliances, and the conclusion I came to is that they're they're all great, and I hope that parents know that you know you don't need to do the research on the different appliances. There's so many different ways that we can um, get early expansion. There's a lot of different ways that we can fix the root of sleep disordered breathing. This just happened to be the route that I decided to go because it, it, I think it's very easy and simple. Um, it was easy to bring into my practice. So I, I only work with Healthy Start. Um, you can start Healthy Start at two years old. And I love that about Healthy Start because I'm sure you see it too, Holly. Two, I mean, we've already done a lot of damage if we're mouth breathing or tongue tied or have a narrow palate. Um, a lot can happen in those first two years of life, um, but they're still very moldable. You know, we can still make a lot of positive changes with this nighttime appliance called a habit corrector. Do I get great compliance in two-year-olds? It, not always, um, but it's worth a try. Um, and it goes all the way up to about 12 or 14 with that nighttime habit corrector getting, getting you know, less great results as the years go on. Um, we can also use Healthy Start as kind of a, a straight teeth, no braces appliance. As soon as a child loses that very first tooth, usually on the bottom, and that permanent incisor starts to poke through, we can take impressions, or in my office, we do a scan, a 3D scan, and make a more custom appliance for them to wear for a total of two hours during the day, doing like little clenching mouth exercises you know, maybe 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there for a total of two hours during the day. And those are guided appliances. They're not shoving the teeth, uh, forcing the teeth to move after they've come into the mouth. This is guiding them, like almost catching the teeth and expanding into the appropriate spot so that maybe we can avoid braces in the future. Interesting. Okay. I've always like wondered because I, you know, I will, I'm like the first to admit people always ask me, what do you know about healthy start? I'm like, nothing. I've heard people speak about it, but I cannot speak to it. I haven't seen it. I haven't had a patient with it. Um, we do, I think have some patients in my practice, but I have not worked firsthand with it. So I'm like, I can't give you information. Um, the other one, like myo brace, for example, yes. a little bit, but not that much. Both of my girls have one. Okay. okay. My four-year-old before um, putting her into RPE, but she had had like okay. croup nine times already this year. And when oh. the dentist heard that, she was like, Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. That's <laughs> why she doesn't to keep this in her mouth. Like she's dry. She's a tiny, yep. she's a tiny mouth. She's almost five. Um, so we were like, let's pause that. She was doing like 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And we moved her into, um, RPE with like a forward growth component, upper and lower. And she's like already done after like three months. But for her, it's because wow. we're about like OSA, we were, con- we yep. didn't, sleep study, but you know, I'm like reviewing all this research and it's saying like in certain patients, sometimes, you know, certain models are recommended just based on the presentation of the patient. Um, whereas like with my older one, like a slower expansion method, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, she's got some hypersensitivity. She's, you know, I They're was also like, different. Yeah. Yeah. And she responded great. She still needed some RPE at mm-hmm. age now seven. And so she went into like RPE 
and she's done already. Um, yeah. Finished, like doing a little bit more like upper and lower, like forward growth a bit, you know, a little bit more yeah. lot expansion. Um, but now we have her in permanent retainers and we were given the myo brace, which we haven't started yet, but it was like a week and a half ago because she got sick. And so okay. it was just like, we need, we need to be able to breathe. So we're now going to try and see, but it sounds very similar in that it helps to then direct growth because yes. obviously she's only seven. She's only lost so many teeth mm-hmm. well, some space, the teeth that were already slated to come in, you know, it's, you know, we haven't done a follow-up CBC. You're, yet. you're teeth, doing but, it all right. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like crossing my fingers. I'm like, this child is in her third thing now. And like, hopefully this is like, this is one you of know, the I know, but third thing at seven, I mean, that would have shocked me three years ago. And now I'm like, oh, so she's probably like almost done. And she's going to have this big, broad, beautiful smile and fully formed face and sleep wonderfully. And I I think that there is a a place and a patient for these rapid palatal expanders. I do. And I might even have a child at home that will need one too, if if we're not successful with healthy starts. Um, you know, what people need to realize is the sooner, the sooner you catch these problems, the easier my healthy start appliances will work. You know, I'm even talking at like age eight, we're going to have a more difficult road. If it is a severely vaulted palate, I probably will refer you to, um, you know, we're, we're lucky to have a couple airway focused orthodontists in town. Um, that's just probably out of my hands at this point. So the earlier you can come in. And even if it's not for treatment, even if it's just for education, like mm-hmm. at two years old, I can do an exam and I can tell you, well, you absolutely have to get rid of that pacifier yesterday or like yeah. a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can, and we can start to correct that maybe with the habit corrector at two. I've, I've closed a lot of, um, open anterior open bites from pacifiers and thumbs with the habit corrector between the age of two and a half and three. And it took about you know, six to eight months to close those. Um, so the earlier we act or, and the earlier we educate, the easier your path is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. I mean, I feel like I'm, as I learn more about like what's out there, it also seems that like, obviously some of these things can kind of work in conjunction with others or at different yes. plan. And, um, I love what you said too, that, you know, we kind of, you have these like local orthodontists who are airway centric to you. And it was so interesting. Cause I took my daughter to one who was like around the corner and she was six, like six and three quarters. I don't know. And it, the whole idea was like, Oh, let's wait six to 12 months. And she had like a row of shark teeth and, they wanted them. <laughs> and the on the other side of the wall was like, no, it's like, they should probably, they're probably going to fall out. in like the next six months, like, let's just mm-hmm. let that happen naturally. Um, mm-hmm. like teeth and then we'll see what happens with the back teeth. And, um, you know, even though they were, they did a very amazing, like airway centric exam, the recommendations were still like, well, let's wait six to 12 months or let's pull these teeth out and then wait. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I thought we you, did they know who they were talking to? (laughs) And I was like, clients, she's ready for another one. I would rather get this going now because like, I'd rather do, do stuff during the summer than the school year. Like, I don't, you know, there was like a lot of thought behind the whole process. Yeah. And it was yeah. Just, You're good. Come back. Come on. Like, <laughs> just wait and watch it get worse is what I would say. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> it's not going to get better. Started. Yeah. So good until you gave me the recommendations. And then I ended up, I drive to like an hour to North Miami without traffic to that's what it takes, right. When you're advocating for your children. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I know she offers ALF, she offers the mm-hmm. myobrace, she offers the um the hyrax like with four growth components mm-hmm. like to each child. And so, and she's using like a combination of these things sometimes too. And so it seemed very like child individualized, you know, on that wonderful are following the CBCT, following an airway mm-hmm. eval. And um, I'm like, and, and, you know, my kids are making great progress. So I'm very happy with it, but it's, it's people are like, it's so hard to find somebody who does this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's becoming a little easier, but yes, you probably will still have to drive a little. Cause <laughs> I, uh, yes, you're going to, and, and you, hopefully it's not every six to eight weeks. Like you would, you know, if you were in traditional braces, um, sometimes it's three, three to four months before I, I check in with a patient and I feel very comfortable with that. Um, so it is, it's a sacrifice. I feel like I have made so many more sacrifices for my family's health in the last two years. Um, because what is more important than this? Right. Exactly. If you don't have your health, what do you have? Right. And then when we know exactly. what we know, I'm like, I just can't not, I can't not. Do we like part. have this key to like unlock everybody's health. We're like, let me share it with you. Yes. So yes. Do you then get any like infants in your practice or yeah? I do and I love it. I love it. Um, I get my baby fix almost every day. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I started posting on Instagram um, recently that you can bring your baby into the dentist. Um, you don't have to have teeth to come to the dentist. It's actually much easier when they don't. The, the long held standard, at least the, the, the standard I had practiced by was you bring your child in around three, three and a half. That way they can sit still for the hygienist to clean their teeth. But um, you and I both know um, how much damage can be done by three, three and a half. Um, they don't have to be able to sit still for the hygienist. If you have concerns, or even if you don't, I think you should bring um, your baby in to the dentist so I can take a look. Um, we would evaluate for, of course, tethered oral tissues that you might be unaware of, um, look at the palate. And really, there's just a lot of educating. I spend maybe two minutes in the baby's mouth looking at everything and evaluating, and then a long time educating parents, um, you know, things that you and I know, and, and maybe take for granted that not everybody knows, you know, um, I noticed there's this sippy cup on the floor and we're going to trade that out for an open cup because it's interfering with proper airway development and swallowing patterns. Um, you know, we're, we'll talk about sleep and snoring and mouth breathing, um, baby led weaning even comes up for the, the, you know, baby's getting closer to six months. Um, I just, I want to give people more value than I feel like I ever got at those, um, famous well checks that I spent wasted so much time in, um, with all of my kids, I would always leave those visits feeling so unempowered, um, guilty for any decisions I was making as a parent. Um, and just kind of like, like I just wasted an hour and a half, you know, sitting in the waiting room and waiting around, um, just to have my baby wait. I really want to add value to your child's life. So when you bring your baby in, I can look the look at the things, diagnose the things, educate you on the things that are going to set your baby up for their best life. I love that. And I don't know if it was your account or a different account, or if we were all just sharing it, but <laughs> Somebody like this past weekend shared, um, I'm like, and I, oh gosh, I probably should look and see like who actually said it. Like, I don't know if it was humor in lab or what anyways, but it was like, instead of asking like, how are you when you like, how are you sleeping? Like, how are you sleeping? <laughs> it was, like, yes. 
Yes. Like, like, how do we change this? How do we make that the norm? You and yeah. I will just start right. <laughs> and we'll probably weird a few people out along the way. Let's see how it goes. Report back. But yeah. really, you can tell so much about a person's life um, and their quality of life by how they're sleeping. I yeah. always ask, um, I always ask patients at their, at their exams, you know, how are you sleeping? And some people know me. And so they know what I'm looking for. And some people are floored. They've never been asked by any dentist or physician how they're sleeping. That's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. It's interesting. Cause like, we also have a very long intake and it's pediatric mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. Mayo, but it's long. And, you know, I'll have people comment like during the initial eval, they'll be like, I thought it was really interesting that you asked about like how I feel when I wake up in the morning or how, you know, if I've had like a history of ear infections or, you know, and obviously some of these things can be related to speech, but they can also mm -hmm. be related to like your nervous system. And if things are off balance and everything kind of is connected and let's talk about eustachian tubes and enlarged, you know, anyways, I'm speaking, preaching to the choir here, but <laughs> So interesting to me because then we get to, like we get that's one of my favorite things is educating and talking mm -hmm. about like well I asked about this because we often see that you know adults who are kind of on the go 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 are not really sleeping great at night maybe you mm -hmm. fall asleep your head hits the pillow you think you're sleeping well because you're so exhausted that your body like immediately passes out but the quality of sleep is not necessarily top notch and they're like what do you mean like what do you mean my quality <laughs> right now exhausted, but I got eight hours of sleep. And I'm like, yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> we've just become so accustomed to assuming we assume that we're all sleeping horribly, you know, because we are busy. And I don't know the way we live in, we live in, yes, we're hustling and we're all tired. And it's just, yeah. it's almost like a badge of honor, right. To talk about how tired you are from being so busy. But I, I mean, I, my life has changed when I started focusing on my own sleep and, and doing the things I needed to do. I started mouth taping. I don't know how, how a biologist feels about that, but it's the best sleep of my life. When I'm breathing through my nose, I'm putting my phone away a couple hours before bed. I'm like setting the mood and I'm putting as much effort into, you know, my sleep as I do, you know, like time at the gym or preparing a nutrient dense meal, it's, it's really important. And I read something, I can't, I don't take credit for this. I can't remember who, again, an Instagram quote, um, but the adults with sleep apnea today were the children with sleep disordered breathing, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. And that should knock every parent off their feet that you can do something about it. Now you can, you can make their, you can change things now. Um, and you're going to change their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's so fun too. when families come in because they're like, Oh, maybe I have this issue or, Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. realize it was connected to that. And then it's like this whole family affair. And then we get to work with the mm -hmm. whole family. Which I love, um, yes. like one improves and they all improve. And every, you know, I've had so many adults. Oh, how satisfying. Yeah. I mean, they're like, I had no idea what I was missing out on, which was, oh, mm. that like makes me tear, tear up a little bit. I know. I'm like, you don't, <laughs> the problem is we don't know any different because this is the way you've lived your life in mm -hmm. all of it. And so it's yes. like, have nothing to compare it to until you do. And then mm -hmm. when you realize what you now have that you didn't, it's like, you want it for everybody else because you're like, yes. oh my God, you, you guys are zombies. <laughs> you were like zombies on speed walking mm -hmm. with yep. absolutely no energy to actually expend yes. on all these things. Just, like, and no wonder we have all these health mm -hmm. issues. Yes. 
we're just floating to the finish line. Like that is no way to spend our life. We get one. I know that sounds really cheesy, but like I do, I meet a lot of, I meet a lot of busy families and you can just tell sometimes when parents are really stressed out and I, you know, my husband and I, we had to have a, a talk, you know, a couple years ago, like what, what do we need to do to simplify our life? So we actually enjoy each other. I was so tired of like waiting for nap time or waiting for bedtime. We had, we just had to cut like everything, you know, activities and extras so that we could really focus on, you know, our health and, and enjoying being together. And now I never thought I would homeschool and we, we homeschool our children. We really love being around them. You know, we're, we're sleeping in, we're, we've kicked fast food. We are not doing fast food. We're, we're trying to see how many days we can go without fast food. We're cooking together. And I, I mean, I'm not tweeting my own horn. I used to be like the, the takeout queen and I would stay up till midnight, you know, working on chart notes and reading. And I was, I was not healthy. Um, but like you said, like now that I'm here, I just want to tell everybody, like, you have no idea how good it can feel. Do it. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting too. There's so many businesses and like Instagram accounts and people who are like promoting like the opposite of the hustle, like, yes. like you're literally hustling yourself into the ground and yes. talking like with my husband and one of our neighbors this weekend about like, you know, European vacation. And we're talking about, um, how like you go certain times of the year based on like, you know, in August, they all just go away for a month and everything <laughs> yes. down in Europe in parts of Europe. And we should like, do that. Hi, door shut. Don't know when we'll be back. Yes. Like, don't make a reservation because you know you can't. Um, and sounds wonderful. Yeah, I mean it's it's that, and then there's also like certain cultures that have like the afternoon breaks. Like mm-hmm. I know I, I don't remember if it was there's either France or Italy, one of the two. I think it's Italy. Maybe it does mm-hmm. like the three hour break in the afternoon, and then they have like the really late mm-hmm. dinner night. And I know like you know in Spain they do their siesta. There's different. Yes have like those, you know, traditional long breaks in the day. Mm-hmm. And I obviously haven't like looked at all the research surrounding it to know how healthy that is versus like a long night of sleep or well, something. But right. But they to, like, prioritize do, like, rest. Life and yes, the they, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm seeing more of it too. I see, I see it on Instagram and then like slowly I'm starting to see it trickle into the practice. You know, people who are, I see a lot of homeschooling families, people who are not involved in like four or five sports. Like, I don't know how my parents did it. They must've been exhausted. Um, Just yeah, like slow down. It's not good to be so over-programmed and over busy that your sleep suffers. And if you're tired, like, do you really want to make a nice meal at home? Probably not. Um, you know, it, it really all flows from, from sleep and, and, and good breathing. So there I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. I mean, I've always been the one who has this like internal, like, you know, like I do what I want kind of thing, but like, mm-hmm. like reference not externally. And I see like so many kids who are so overly scheduled. They have like every single day a week. And I have never signed my kids up for anything on the weekends. I'm like, if we have a birthday party, fine. Like we'll go, that's fine. But like, I don't want consistently to have like a commitment on a Saturday or Sunday morning when that's like time, rest time. Like we Mm -hmm. go, I also have never been one to like push my kids into after school things. Like they ask for things. So like they're both in dance one, one afternoon mm-hmm. a week. And then one does cheer one day, one does cheer another day. And one has a tutor on one of those days and the other one has cheer and that's it. Like we yeah. 
basically, and, and I will add cheer is at their school. So they just stay a little longer and, then, in. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, the only thing we take them to during the week is dance. And that's a headache. Like for me, yeah. to be honest, and I'm not even doing it anymore. If someone else I'm doing with it. you, I, we get just, one activity at a time and we decided that going into this season of winter that we were going to actually do zero activities. And my kids were like, Oh my gosh, we're just going to be at home like all the time. And it's been so good. We are, we dropped our one activity and we'll, we'll take it up in the spring when it gets nicer. And it's not a big deal to bundle everybody up into their snowsuit and car seats. And it takes like 30 minutes. So I'm a better mom. Um, I, I can't encourage other moms enough. Like just, just, don't feel like you need a reason to drop things. Um, you can do it unapologetically and without any reason. Um, it's really going to benefit your family's health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my kids have been begging me for like tennis lessons and when they want to do gymnastics and I'm like, gymnastics would be on Saturday. Tennis lessons would have to be on a different <laughs> the way that I operate is this. I'm like, if it can be in our community, which gymnastics won't be, but I'm like, if it could be in our community and somebody's here or can come mm-hmm. here and we can take you like, you know, half a mile over here, you know, we can walk to where we're going, then that would be a fun outdoor activity to do a tennis lesson. Okay, fine. Like I can get on board with that. Um, but yeah, my daughter's like, when are you signing me up for cheer? And I'm like, I'll, I'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk <laughs> after the new year. Like, I just, I'm like, it's too much for me. And too much. Like, for me, it's gotta be too much for them. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I think about that too. And, you know, the, uh, the on the go life definitely leads to more like snacks on the go and like, here's a tablet while you're waiting for your sister to finish up and all these things come together. You know, it's not, it's usually not just one thing that's causing all these symptoms of sleep disordered breathing. I think it's a lot of things. I think the dyes and the food, maybe are creating a little bit of the hyperactivity, um, I mean, I can, I can definitely say that the processed foods are causing the jaws to, to shrink and recess, um, as the, the jaw is kind of a use it or lose it thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a lot of things. I I see a a lot of kids who just look like they could just use a little break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I know like from all the epigenetics and the research and everything being done, like we're seeing that the jaws are shrinking regardless, like epigenetics, they are shrinking and to me that I just sit here and I'm like, well, how can we optimize what we have? Like, how can we mm-hmm. at least make sure that we protect our airway? Cause for me, yes. you know, it's, it's, I always tell people this story, like I love it. And it just happened recently, but when I put my four and a half year old into an upper and lower expander and her teachers at pre-K were like, like looking at me, one of them finally, one day when I think I either picked her or dropped her off or something late, early, whatever, they were like, so like you're doing this for straight teeth. And I was like, oh God, you must really think that I am big. How much, how much time do have? Baby teeth. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh my goodness. I mean, that just shows you kind of where we're at as a society, right? Um, braces equals straight teeth. Mouth appliances are for straight teeth. And I am pro straight teeth because then you're less likely to get periodontal disease, gum disease, cavities, but it is all about growing better faces, you know, um, these sunken in jaws and overbites and flared teeth, um, not normal. And it's only going to get worse. Children do not outgrow these issues. They only get worse. Yeah. Well, and I love that, like we have new research coming out to support everything we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. I, when, when Lily was 
four or five or whatever, we did the follow-up. Oh, you know what? We hadn't even done the follow-up CBCT yet. It was three months into her applying. So she had just turned like four. And um, I noticed her tonsils were decreasing with the ALF. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And she's in preschool and I'm going, Oh, okay. that's amazing. It's crazy. Like I posted this in a Mayo study group and I got like ripped a new one and was told to take the post down <gasps> oh. and was DM'd oh. by the, it was like a whole thing. And oh. I was like, I'm not claiming anything. I'm asking if anybody else has seen this. Cause this is what I've observed with my own child. And I am a professional in this space, but okay, no problem. We'll take the post down. And now we actually have research that supports that this early expansion or just expansion in general does in fact, mm -hmm. you know, decrease the tonsil adenoid tissue. We are seeing that it's in the airway. It is a treatment for obstructive sleep apnea, you know, all these things. Doesn't that it make sense? Doesn't it make sense if you can eliminate the mouth breathing yeah. by yeah. expanding That's the airway that they would, that they would shrink? Yeah. It makes sense to me. And I, I'm very conservative with the tonsils. Um, and I'm still learning. I probably could learn so much from you about the tonsils, but you know, parents come to me and like, the first thing they'll say is like, I've been told to get the tonsils out. And I'm not doing that. You know, like it's, it's not that easy, but right. I will give you every option to exhaust before, before we get there. And then if it doesn't work, you know, we give ourselves a limited amount of time to, to try this with healthy start or, you know, just different nasal breathing exercises. And if we don't get there, we will, we'll know that we, we gave it our best shot. Right. Well, and I think it also comes down to like, are we talking about like an emergent case of obstructive sleep apnea where yeah. like, I'm really actually not comfortable avoiding this, which is rare. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that often we have, we have had kids that were rushed for emergency tonsillectomies because they were so enlarged and they had, they mm -hmm. had run for a sleep study the sleep study was like really, really, really not good. Um, like we okay. were about possibly passing in, in their sleep because oh. it was a three-year-old mind you. Oh my gosh. And that's what like, it gives me chills. Like that is what made me so passionate about like diving deeper and deeper into this because mm -hmm. I'm like, it's no longer obstructive sleep apnea is not a middle aged overweight male issue. It is present regardless of age, mm -hmm. size, health status. Like if you could be the healthiest person in your mind walking around, you eat organic and clean and you exercise and you take care of yourself and you don't have any diagnosed diseases that you're aware of, you know, you've got all this going for you, but your mouth breathing when you sleep and, and that's, that's it. To OSA and now it's, you've got bigger issues that yep. maybe you're not aware it's of. It's absolutely enough. It's it. Yeah. If you're doing yeah. everything right, but you're not breathing through your nose, you're, yeah. you're going to have a lot of undoing to do. Yeah. 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 Well, and you had mentioned the mouth taping earlier. Um, and I've done, I've done an episode on it with my colleague and friend, Autumn Reed Henning, who's also an SLP, you know, myotherapist, all the fun things. <laughs> and our stance on it is if like, you're an adult and you know, your airway is clear, like go for it. Like that's yes. your, that is your call to make you yes. want to your lips around your lips. Like by all means, like I've used myotape. I like the myotape. I like mm -hmm. that it gives you the opportunity to like breathe through your mouth if you absolutely have to. Um, but what we're seeing is like just blanket. We've been seeing like blanket recommendations to like take kids mouths and like oh. four-year-olds. And that's where I was yeah. like, okay. I'm like, number one, if you're doing it in myotherapy and it's an exercise and it's not like long lived, okay. I maybe can get on board with some of that or even kinesio. You're standing right there in front of the child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. but also we need an airway eval to make sure that that's even a fair expectation that they yeah. make sure they can 
physically nasal breathe before we take away their air supply. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't heard it was being recommended for kids. It's I all feel over, like all really, over, like, I feel like it even yeah. says on the back of my package, like do not use on children. Oh yeah. There's yeah. always, I mean, even I should probably do something else for myself, you know, as opposed to the mouth taping, but I'm, I'm going to fix my kids first. Um, you're an adult, right? Like, you can right I make aid. that decision for myself. Right. And the um, other thing is like, I feel like they give it as a literal band-aid. Like this it is, is. so like before it autumn, like I, a band-aid. I was like, <laughs> autumn is a literal band-aid. And I'm like, you know what, if it's helping temporarily and helping compensate, great. But like, what is that the long-term plan? Like, has anybody explained no. that there are other options? Yeah. Have you chosen to forego those other options? And this is what they want to do for the rest of their life. Like, yeah, it's on the same level as a, like a CPAP for a child to yeah. be like, okay, what's, what is your long-term plan now that you put this five-year-old on a CPAP? Like there's no weaning from the CPAP. It's just, this is the plan for the rest of your life. I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same thing. I think that what I just, I think my goal was to kind of get people thinking a little bit more critically, like if we need this and after a certain amount of time, we have not trained our mouths to exist this way. Why? Right. Mm -hmm. It's like putting your lips in a closed position for, let's say seven to eight hours a night, day after day, night after night, after night, eventually they should presumably do it. It should do it on its own. We were born to breathe through our nose with closed lips. Yes. And I have, we've got, we've also received adults who do mouth tape and they're like, I feel great Mm -hmm. when I wake up, but then we realize they're not actually elevating their tongue to the roof of their mouth. Their mouth is is down. Mm -hmm. And so we've addressed that. And so I'm like, that's where I'm like, I'm, I'm all for it, but also like with a lot of disclaimers. <laughs> I Oh yeah. There, it, there should be disclaimers inside that package for sure. And I, I don't know how it would ever work on a child. I think my kids would rip it off right away, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 not, it's not the most comfortable thing, but yeah, as a, as a, a dentist treating myself, which I diagnose myself often, it, it's a, it's a good temporary thing, but yeah, we, there's, you're right. There is always a reason. And yeah. this has taken, you know, it's, it's epigenetics. Um, we're, we're doing something wrong as, as the human race. Um, and, and we just, we just need to get back to the basics. Um, you know, our diet, our sleep, nasal breathing. It's just, it's so simple and so complicated at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we're, and I, I, a bunch it of can't be done without that. a team, you know? Um, right. yeah. So I don't know. I, mean, I could, I could literally talk about this for like, we could, we could go away, you know, on a month, a month long European vacation and we would right. still not be done. I love it. Yeah. You know, and that's the biggest question I just constantly come back to. It's like, how do we get the United States of America out of fight or flight? Which is a big, that is a big question. Cause it's not just sleep. That but sounds like, like an excellent fun. blog post title. I would, I would, or a book, I would read that book, right? (laughs) It should be on the nightstand of every American get out of flight or flight Americans. I mean, mean, the last couple years last, okay. It's coming up on like three years. I mean, the people that I see out and about that are still, you know, living in fear and you, you know, that they're in fight or flight and they've been in fight or flight and it really does make me deeply sad. Um, so it's hard. It's kind of hard to speak what I feel, but I know that 
I, I, I see the truth. I'm not right about everything, but I, I see a lot of truths um, when it comes to this stuff. And um, I, I really think, yeah, we got to get out of fight or flight. We got to relax, slow down, stop living out of fear. Um, makes me sad when I see, you know, kids walking around in these masks, like all day, whether it's, you know, school or the store and just like their, their mouth breathing behind that all the time. I, yeah. I promise you, if I, yeah. if I'm in a person, yeah, yeah I, and I do it. I wear a mask, you know, I've, I've been wearing masks before, before 2020 in dentistry. But they and were cool. They were, before they were cool. And I, I find myself sometimes I'll, I'll start mouth breathing if it's been too long and I have to change my mask and remind myself, so, you know, so yeah, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but I just, I agree with you. Let's, let's get, let's get our kids out of fight or flight. Yeah. got so much life ahead of them. And I just, I think there's also so many opportunities and ways to go about it now that I'm hoping that this becomes a little bit easier for, you know, professionals who want to get into it or parents who are trying to digest. Me too. Like it's, there's, it's so overwhelming and there are so many routes now and there's so many opinions. And, you know, I'm like, the best thing you can do is just get started. And if you yes. don't like the path that you're on, you can always change that path. And yes. So that's, I think one of the biggest things is like you mentioned a team. And I think that's the perspective that the team needs to come from, because sometimes you get other members who may not be on the airway team, but who are on a medical team who mm-hmm. are basically telling you, don't do anything. It's fine. Just wait. It'll, you yeah. know, it'll of it and like no we are here to tell you absolutely you don't go out to snoring you don't unless mm-hmm. the child and they don't normally snore maybe they might stop and then you know have a closed mouth again but if that's yeah. not their normally they're not growing out of it yes it's hard to find those providers but I do think I agree with you I think it's getting easier um you you do have to search it takes a little bit of research but um you know here in Omaha city of you know a million people we're we're lucky to have I feel like we have enough providers. We have a lot of wonderful myofunctional therapists, um, multiple release providers um, using the laser. We've got a couple ENTs that I refer to. We're really lucky. And I know that not everybody's that lucky, um, but you do have to, you have to keep advocating. You have to keep researching. Um, and yeah, the, the team approach is the only way to do it. Um, I, I do have parents who come and they think like all the problems are going to be solved in that first visit with me. And sometimes a child can stay with me. You know, we get them in the healthy start um, and we work together. But more often than not, I'm referring to a myologist. Yeah, well, I love this. I love the work that you're doing. I love your message. Um, I know no. they can go to drmollyhayes.com if they want to find you. We'll put that in the show notes too. But- Wonderful. Anything else, like as we wrap up, anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered? Today? Oh, gosh, we covered so much ground. I, I, the, the one thing I always close with is just, you know, early intervention is invaluable. Like really take your six month old to the dentist. Um, if you don't have an airway focused or functional dentist, you know, in, in a, a decent drive, um, I do my best to update my social media and uh, my blog weekly with just little tidbits. So just, you know, have an open mind. Um, you have to kind of unlearn some things. So just have an open mind you might find out as I did that you were wrong about a few things, but I just have to keep advocating for your children. I love that. Thank you so much. It's been thank so you, Holly. Thank you so much for this chat. Absolutely. I'll I'll see you on Instagram. <laughs> see you on the gram. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to hear more of these Mayo Tots airway and feeding related episodes, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash the untethered podcast. If you found value, others you know in this space will too. So be sure to share this episode on your social media platforms and join us over on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Hallie Balkan Biz, on Instagram at, at Hallie Balkan, and you can head over to the untetheredpodcast.com to grab a copy of the show notes um, where you can also subscribe to be kept up to date on the latest podcast episodes. 